Galair, and welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. And so, on this week's special double week on the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, I'm delighted and privileged to be chatting to one of my GA heroes. It's the icon himself, Kildare and Alamwood legend Johnny Doyle. We chat everything from the influence of his father Harry, playing for and against Mikko, training under McGinney, playing against Westmeath, the incredible story of the 2004 Alamwood Championship win with the wedding, two things you might not expect to hear, how he won the man the match in 2002 by some technical magic from his friend, and his interaction with the junior infants in Gales School of Thai. And one other thing that he talks about, how he thinks he got the famous iconic silver hair at the front of his head all those years ago, was just the tip of the iceberg of stories. But first, as always on this special episode, let's take a trip down to County Kildare and to the home of Johnny Doyle in Allenwood. Bon Soltos. Today we take the short trip over the Carlow border from the last episode into County Kildare. Kildare has traditionally been associated with several religious aspects of Irish history. Bishop Conlay's Uemri, better known as St. Conlath, is one of those. Colin was born around the area of what is today Newbridge and worked primarily as a metal worker and craftsman, despite spending a lot of his life in neighbouring Wicklow. Along with Tassock, who was the crafter for St. Patrick, and Dai, they were known as Ireland's three artisans. It was through the other famous Kildare person, Bridget, that Conlet found his calling in professing the faith she bestowed on him and would go on to found the Diocese of Kildare around 490 AD and then became the Bishop of Kildare, the first one. Sadly, despite making amazing pieces such as different chalices and croziers, Conlet met his own fate while beginning his pilgrimage to Rome in 519 AD after being attacked by wolves in the area. Ironically, in recent weeks in the area, the calls and plans have been made to reintroduce the animal to Irish wildlife. Conlet's helper in the foundation of Kildare was Bridget, a woman born in Fahart in County Louth, but who spent her time mostly in the regions of Kildare. Her work in spreading Christianity earned her the title of one of Ireland's patron saints with Patrick and the Donegal-born Columba. Stories of Bridget are told far and wide, not least the spreading of the famous cloak over the area of the Curragh. But in true storytelling fashion, the cloak is just one of the miracles attributed to Bridget. You can read anything from her ability to turn water into beer and her prayers even stopping the rain in Ireland. Clearly that miracle is debatable since we still get 252 days a year of rain on average. Today her feast is February the 1st, but you can find her name worldwide, including the church in the famous festival grounds of Glastonbury in England and St Bridget's Island in Antarctica. In 1927, the Act of the Irish Parliament gave rise to the official County Kildare name and the boundaries, which would be run by the Fitzgerald family, who were from an area known as Maynooth. It was after the exit of original leader William de Vesey that the Fitzgeralds took over. In 1556, the existing borders of Kildare were changed after parts of the land became the King's County and the Queen's County, or what we would know now as Leash and Offaly. In 1836, the border for the Kildare we know today came about. In more modern centuries, the influence of the Quakers on the area is still recognised, as they often brought their own wealth with them from where they came. Designing and planning projects was often a lot easier, and for Kildare this meant the likes of a cotton mill in Prosperous, a distillery in Monastrevan, and the leasing of a brewery in Leakslip in 1755 by a young man named Arthur Guinness from Selbridge. 
Kildare's role in major events like the 1798 Rebellion and the 1803 Rebellion are also important. Figures like Robert Emmett were heavily involved in the push against British rule in Ireland. The town in Ace was the largest stronghold during the 1798 Rebellion in the county and the scene for many bloody events such as the hanging of rebel leader John Ando. One result was the founding of the military camp in the Curra, which today acts as the training headquarters for the Irish Defence Forces. Many famous faces hail from the county, including the explorer Ernest Shackleton, horse racing names such as the Walsh family and Leighton Aspel, a two-time Grand National winner, rugby star Jamie Heaslip, actress Ashling Bay, musical stars Damien Rice and Bellex One, the famed double agent from the early 20th century of Irish history Ned Broy, and of course, this man. I'm an ordinary man, nothing special, nothing grand. I've had to work for everything I own. On the sporting fields, Kildare is iconic in so many ways of the great aspects of Irish sport. The Curra, which literally means place of the running horse, Nace and Punchestown provide some of the world's great horse racing tracks for flat and hunt racing, and many world famous horses have been trained in the county where the Irish National Stud is housed. Horses like Kicking King, Beaver Salmon, Ardy Eustace and Hurricane Fly are among the iconic names of the region. The famous K-Club Hotel and Golf Club hosted the Ryder Cup in 2006. This is the first ever time the event was played on Irish soil during its so far 94 year history. The event of the Arnold Palmer design course is perhaps most fondly and some ways sadly remembered for the incredible performance of Darren Clark who won all three games less than six weeks after the passing of his wife Heather. Kildare GA, or the Lily Whites as they're known, play their home games in St Conlet's Park in Newbridge, named after the saint. The story behind the county crest tells of how it originally had a serpent on it, but this was removed in 93 as people felt it was bringing bad luck. The new one didn't do much good originally either, as followed three opening round defeats in Leinster in a row from 94 to 96. The early history of Kildare GA goes back well beyond 1884, to the likes of a match in Timlin, South Kildare, which led to a riot when what author Owen Corrigan says was the demon of discord entered the game. That was whiskey. Kildare football's opening games were contested by four clubs, Suncroft, Straffan, Salins and Nace. When the GAA had been founded, it would be Clane who would take the first senior county title with a four points to no score win over Nace. For the next century and more, a variety of club names appeared on the senior football winners list ranging from Newbridge, who at the time were known as Rosebury, Kilcock, Maynooth, Rathangan, Raheens, and right up to the modern-day dominators of Moorfield and Sarsfields. One notable game is the 1921 final, which was St Conlet's heavy defeat to Cara, but St Conlet's were eventually awarded the game on objection. Why was that? Well, because Cara had fielded a player by the name of C. McCarthy. C. McCarthy, as he was, had falsified his name on the team sheet because he was a wanted man on the run from the Free State during the Irish Civil War. Kildare GAA entrance to the All-Ireland Senior Football in 1888 was a quick awakening for them as they lost heavily to Dublin. The Lily White name originated from the first jerseys being made from the disused bags from the bakery called Lily White. Over the coming years, they improved hugely with the likes of Irish Olympic high jumper and Garda Larry Stanley captaining them to the All-Ireland in 1919. Five years later, Stanley will be part of the first ever Irish national team at the Olympics in Paris. In 1928, the Lily Whites won the first ever Sam Maguire trophy, their first and sadly only one to date. 
They would lose to Kerry in 1929 and again in 1931. The loss to Cavan in 1935 would be their last for a long, long time. In 1998, they lost a famous final to Galway. Johnny's Club Alamwood was founded in 1956 and operated out of Sean Tierney Park in the area. Wearing their traditional mix of blue colours, they have worked tirelessly to compete at the top level in a county with over 100 teams competing at the different grades. Five years after being formed, the club were junior Kildare champions and followed this up winning the intermediate the following year. Two years later a senior league win arrived but they would have to wait until 2004 for their one and only senior football title. On the 3rd of October that year, Allenwood faced off against St Lawrence's and prevailed by 11 points to 7 with Johnny Doyle kicking 6. That year Johnny was awarded the Kildare Player of the Year and won it again the following year in 2005. In 06, the Blues had reached the final again only to be beaten by Moorfield who went on to become the Leinster champions. At county level, there isn't enough time to talk about the career of Johnny. One Leinster title in 2000, one under 21 title, a 2010 All-Star award and two championship top scoring seasons, among all his other accolades, are just small signs of what he has brought to the game. His retirement from the senior county panel in 2014 at the age of 36 ended one of the great careers the sport had ever seen. But in true Johnny style, he couldn't stay away for long, and in 2019 he made a return to Kildare Junior Football at the age of 41. But it isn't all about the accolades, it's about the commitment and the love of the game, and there are fewer who can portray that better than this man, GA legend and Alamut hero, Johnny Doyle. How are you Johnny? Well, how are you? How's the form? Not too bad. Nice good, to meet you. Good. Yeah, you too. Sorry, again, I don't remember that other tip photo being taken, to be honest with you. That's all right. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was actually before the, there was a fever pitch event on before, I think the 2011 All-Ireland Final, and right. uh, Neil Delamere and some others were at, but my, uh, my sister-in-law. Oh, she, yes. Yeah, my sister-in-law, Sinead, is the, uh, is the insurance manager for the GAA, so I think right. that's how I, I think that's how I ended up at these kind of things, so uh, you know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. How's, how's all in Yeah, you're grand, you're grand. Ah, grand, yeah, should be looking for sitting tight hoping that we'd have an announcement of some get back and some sort of training you know yeah no, if it, much if, if it wasn't, wasn't for COVID I'd be I'd be down your way a lot of family live in around the area my best mate lives down the road as well so my uncle's in Prosperous there my aunt and uncle are in Prosperous uh, right. another aunt and uncle in Nace Ballymore Eustace outside Johnstown Bridge right. or yeah. half my family emigrated to there so <laughs> yeah that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no, I, I won't keep you on too long, and I'll try. I know you've been on loads, right. of, loads of podcasts and different yeah, things. So. Yeah, yeah, I'd say people are nearly fed up listening to me. I'm nearly fed uh, up listening to myself. <laughs> I know. I'll try. Uh, I'll try not bore the shite out if I can. So, uh, <laughs> all right, you know yourself. Um, yeah, the uh, the kind of same things that I ask at the start of all them to all the, the different people I've had on are kind of looking back a little bit. So I know your father was the manager of the team uh, in 1990, uh, the intermediate team. Was he your your biggest influence at the time, or? Uh, my dad played in that. My dad played on that team. Or played um, in, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah, he, um, yeah. So I suppose my background into GAs, I suppose, like everyone, everybody's, you were, you were brought down at a young age. My dad was involved, obviously, player. He was involved community level. Um, and would have been big in any of the development that went on. You know, our our club is is a, it's a relatively young club. It was formed in '56, and it was. It was formed, I suppose, anyone in the area would have played 
with with Bally Teague, who'd be a neighbour oh, yeah. a neighbour club in the parish and some would have played um would have went on and played, you know, a bit further into playing and stuff like that. So the ESB has came to Allenwood and, and born them on with the two big players and there was a, a guy, Frank Hart, who's manager of the power station. Frank was a Sligo man. And obviously loads of people were were involved. Um locals were working in the power station and you know, he sort of said, well, look, it's about time maybe you had your own your own club here in the village. And it sort of formed out of that. And uh, committee meetings, the old wooden hall in Allenwood, it's just, it's on the, the banks of the canal, just heading sort of Allenwood, um, Allenwood South. Allenwood's not that big, but we have a north <laughs> and south. <laughs> um, and the old wooden hall. And then they would have went to play matches in Lully Moor, which would be heading back toward the Yeah. McNally's Field, which was again up heading back towards Darren Turn. So I suppose that was a big thing, you know, for the form. And, and um, I remember hearing the stories of of um, the lads went into the county board to put this new club together, and it was commented somewhere within the county board. Uh, now I don't know whether this was was true or not, but the comment came back that ah, it won't last long. So it's not another only another pub team. Um, and I remember when we did win the championship in in uh, in all four, there was a, a one of the, the I suppose he was there for played in the, some of the first teams in Allenwood and would have went on and played with with Calair and Leinster and uh, Joe Doyle, and Joe was Joe was a very prominent member of the club and um, actually his son his son young Joseph plays with the frames plays bass player right. the frame wow but Joe Joe wrote a poem and, and recited it and. Uh, Part of the poem in the one verse. Now I don't. I have it here somewhere. But <laughs> was uh, mentioned about going to the county board meeting and another pub, another pub team, and we're not a pub team tonight. It was a bit. <laughs> so, That's brilliant. That was sort of you know that was sort of um, where the where the club started, and you know I, I think and there's probably loads of people that tell me different, but I think we, we sort of a unique thing here in, in the parish. We have four clubs in the parish. Milltown is. Back towards Newbridge would be one end of the parish. So it's a reasonably big parish, but Allenwood, Robertstown, and Ballyteague—they're like they're nearly in a triangle. I think there's probably it might only be a kilometer and a half mm. as the crow flies to be in the middle of any of the, any of the three pitches. So they really are on top of each other. And you've Carberry one side, you would have Cara uh, there in Prosper the other yeah. side. You'd have Kevin's heading towards Kyle Dove, and so you've a lot of a lot of clubs sort of around us and them. Um, you know, we would have played all our underage as an Afina in a, in a parish underage team. And then obviously we when we got to 21s, we went on our own as senior level. So um that even that has changed now. I suppose more people coming into the villages of Robertson, Milltown are on their own. Robertstown now play with Cara mm-hmm. under Newtown Gales, and we play with Ballet Teague uh, under Aylmer Gales. Okay. So that's sort of a bit of history of of, um, of where we're at at the moment. Yeah. And uh you mentioned as well, I, I just have to, well, I think of it actually, you mentioned the 04, uh, the championship victory with Allenwood. There's there's a great wedding story behind that somewhere, isn't there? With, yeah, uh, yeah. Wilshire, Jack, John Wilshire? John Wilshire, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so we were, John was was uh, captain of our team in 04, and, and uh, John was one of these guys, he's very He's one of my. He's, he's my best friend. I suppose we were very paddy. He lived up the road from me, and we were, we were um, very paddy. I was his best man. He was my best man. That sort of thing. So, but John is a very talented fella. No matter what he put his put his uh, hand to, 
it was um, it turned to gold. He was just whatever he decides yeah. to do. Um, I remember once uh, we were playing. I'd say it was the infant days of the internet, but um, <laughs> I think it was oh, it could have been all two. I think, and we were uh, we played Dublin in a um, Leinster final, and I think whatever sponsor ran a man of the match online competition. Okay, and. Uh, John rings me up and says, oh, I see you're nominated for Man of the Match. And I said, oh, am I? So, he's, so when I turned on the computer on the screen was, um, it could have been Jason Sherlock had 20%, Alan Brogan had whatever, 60%. And here was me, just a small little, <laughs> small little colour on the, on the bar. Channel. But he says, hold on, watch this. And all of a sudden, then I could see poor old Alan Brogan going one way and I was going the other way. <laughs> So he was able to get into the system, and so that's Brilliant. the sort of lad he is. You know, bit of a messer, uh, actually a big bit of a messer, but just all good fun. But he really kind of guide. But anyway, getting back to the story, I think Ray Sullivan was was captain, and and John, while you while you had John on the field, he was a brilliant footballer, like was a really talented guy. Could have played for Kildare, but you know he'd be he'd be into one thing one minute, and then he'd be <laughs> doing something else. But Aye. so I think they were they were saying we need to get more commitment out of Wilshire now, and so Wilshire just laugh at. Yeah, it's see his championship, you know this sort of thing. Yeah, he's the only one to get away with it. But so they decided anyway, we're going to make him captain. That'll really <laughs> get him, uh, get him committed. And then, um, in fairness, Tommy, he, he he certainly was. But um, that was yeah. And then so we're going through with a bit of a stop-start championship, and and um, anyway, we we ended up getting out of the group. There's a group of four. We get out of the group with three points. We'd one win, one draw, and one loss. So we were. We were depending on other results and points scored and hmm. scoring averages and all that. So we got out of the group anyway. Uh, we kicked on. We won the quarter final and, and we were drawn in the semi final against Sarsfield. So Sarsfield, we, yeah. we couldn't we couldn't get over. They were stars to the team. They had Dermot and Cole. Dermot early, <laughs> yeah. Like Dermot early and Alan Barry were in the middle of the field and yeah. they'd be Kadir midfield at the time. Um, you had Park Brennan, Morgan O'Sullivan, Kieran Dempsey, Stuart McKenzie Smith. We're all there, thereabouts in the county squad. Martin Dunn. Um, so it was going to be a tough act, but then it was fixed for the the twelfth of September, Sunday the twelfth. And of course, the three of us, there was three of us tugged out for Alan Wood, and three was tugging out for actually four of us that were part of the bridal party, and uh, they were thinking, oh, Jesus, sure. It'd be a disaster at the wedding on the Saturday, and should none of the boys be having a few jars? Yeah. So the county board, we went to the county board, so you could have changed it. No, couldn't change it. it. Had to be that weekend. So I came back anyway. What What are we going to do? And so, in fairness to, to John's wife Julie, she said, "So why don't we see? Can we get the match uh, brought forward mm. and we play it before the between the church or between the church and the and uh, the dinner, yeah, and uh, we were all like, "Yes, we couldn't do that." <laughs> so why can't we? And uh, now Julie would always support John, but she wouldn't be his traditional GA family. She would have played her a bit herself and wasn't too bad. But I was thinking, "Jeez, what are what are McMinnon was going to think of this?" Like you know. <laughs> but anyway, in fairness to Sarfields, I give them huge credit. They agreed. Uh, they might have thought they were they were going to beat us anyway. Yeah. Which, which, to be fair enough, like the foreman said, that the army did. Yeah. Um, and then the priest was happy enough. The county board were happy enough. So I, I think the wedding was was to be at one, and that came back to be at, I think eleven, and the match was fixed for half twelve or something, one o'clock. 
so we went and lucky enough the reception was in the Cadeen and Newbridge so yeah. it was all man says it was written in the stars so great spot yeah <laughs> yeah all tore up to the Cadeen got, the, got a few photos jumped into the car and we're tearing up the town traffic everywhere and we trying to get to a match all in our top hat and tails and uh, went to the, went to play the match and won the match by I think only by a pint or two it was nip and tuck because um, it would have been you know to win was a real fairy yeah. tale and, uh, but we had decided as a group you know the night before we met and obviously John wasn't there we decided regardless of what happens here tomorrow we're going to go and going to have a really good you know which deserve not to be moping around into what mm. pints we're going to go and, and have a good evening and the next day we did a bit of a as these things do, there's a bit of a party in the local. So, um, but yeah, we went on and won the game, and, and uh, the bride Julie and the bridesmaid all arrived in. And fairness to the county board, they rolled out the red carpet and a bit of champagne. It was so it was it was brilliant. It was, That's class, yeah. And into a into a county final. So, great story. But uh, yeah, and look at it. I I I felt that we got over the the monkey of Sarsfields. Hmm. It was a big a big win for us. That. Fed were good enough to go on and and, um, and beat St. Lawrence's, which Julie we did by a couple of points. So, yeah, um, great, great occasion. Yeah, it's deadly. It's a cracking story. Yes, with uh with the county scene, then you uh I suppose you had your time under under Mikko, who was notorious for his running. Did your your training in school? You had uh, John Hardiman, who led uh Sarsfields and Galway to a hurling title as well. Was was his uh long distance training helpful for that? Yeah, well, John, oh, we, I had John in science in first, second and third year, I think, and mm. uh, he was putting together a, a cross-country and we were all invited out to do a bit of cross-country running and I liked a bit of long-distance running anyway, so after a couple of sessions anyway, I think some lads got browned off with it and uh, <laughs> I stepped, kept going. I think it was getting me out of class more than yeah. that, but we really, with a few, the, the Walker twins, Andrew and Kevin, uh, at, the, at that stage were, were superb athletes um, okay. like they'd be winning those cross countries you know Andrew would be first and Kevin would be second or third mm. and vice versa next so with a, with a team event you're getting first and second <laughs> yeah. the, other, the other few of us could do what we wanted really we could be right back to field but Paul Archibald was on the team he's a really good I think he's still heavily involved in those athletics uh, Evan Dunn Trevor McCormick and we said that was the team and um, you know, we took it we took it seriously enough when we got going and we used to train. I remember the walkers dad used to do the training in the corridor with us. And it was a real eye-opener for me because you know, while training, football training, the athletics was at a different level. Like, you know, you'd, you'd run across country and then you'd spend the next two kilometers afterwards warming down, which I used to yeah. warm down in the car <laughs> yeah. morning, you know, stop. So they, you know, we used to train, they trained really hard and then we went on and we won that uh all around cross country that as as a team. Now I was back well back to field, but I always like to throw it in that we won we yeah. won it. You don't have to give too much details on it. But the walkers, you know, um were were really strong. Paul Archibald was really strong. So we were mm. a really strong team and uh, but it was lovely, it was a great time. You know, it's funny when you're involved in coaching as I am now and you think about the benefits of other sports. I did a, mm. you know I played a bit of soccer, played a bit of hurling, wasn't much good at either. Um, but definitely the cross country was a big part of, of uh, you know, and it was that and, and I did a bit of boxing with, with um, Royston Social Club in, in Newbridge. And um, they were really like, you know, when you even see now when you think of, you know, um, the way training has changed and, you know, what you can do with young lads now. I mean, mm. at 12 years of age, I was lying on the floor of a boxing club in Newbridge and they were dropping a medicine ball at Mr. Moore. 
you know, a 12 year like yeah. if, you, if you imagine you did that in the GA field, absolutely the guard would be of a court, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like stuff like my like I was always very light, still am yeah. light, but I remember going running and people, you know, you laughed. It wasn't geez, there wasn't a pick on me. <laughs> um, but I remember maybe at 13 or 14 years of age having to put a black sack over me, running down the town to jump into a steam room to run back up for the weigh-ins to lose maybe half a pound to make the weight. Jeez. You know, and yeah. like at, at 14 years of age, so it's like, but nobody bad an eyelid at. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's mad, right? When you think, yeah. of, you think of some of the endurance other sports and we are very, you know, and, and I don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's great. It is about enjoyment and but mm. it's, not, it's not harm to push people to a little bit, you know, from a discipline point of view, and you know, and even from a point of view of you know, you want something, regardless of it's sport or life, you got to work hard for it, and mm. you got to be sacrifices. You know, sometimes we can, I think, we lose that a little bit. Like it is, it's great to yeah. have fun, of course it is, but like, you know, anyone that plays a sport, there's no fun in in training where you're pushing your body to the limit. Like th- there is no fun. The fun is. Mm. Maybe getting through it and having a bit of crack in the bedroom afterwards, or you know, and sneering someone for getting sick, or yeah. <laughs> you know, that ten minutes after a game and you win by a pint and you're not supposed. That's that's the adrenaline thing, you know. So, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, certainly with John Hardy, man, that was a, like a, John was a really good guy. You know, obviously he was big involved with the GA, mm. um, and but he was great. Um, he was great that time. He was great for us. He just he just. Pushes that little bit and organized everything, and then he was really down to earth. You know, he was nearly like yeah. You could really call him John in school. That's our thing. Yeah. and everyone loved him in school. It was, it was yeah, great. yeah. When you uh, was life life under Mikko, uh, was that a a tough one, or and then when you came up against him then in 03, was that was that a strange one? Yeah, it was tougher in 03. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose again, like when I when I was um, I suppose my. I went, my development happened very quick when, when you look back on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember uh, didn't make, like, at the start of 99, we played Wexford in the under-21 championship and didn't make it. Um, thought it was looking all right to make the team. We played Ballyboden the week before the first round and I was I, I was marking um, Paul Beal and was centre-back for Ballyboden and I was oh, yeah. forward for Twenties and they keep a couple of points. Was, as I said, do you know the way you know? You said, "I'm doing alright here." Yeah. Enough game. And then I didn't make it, and I was gutted. I, I, I was. I remember going home in the car, and I actually tears rolled down my face. So oh. I felt that Jesus, am I ever going to get a break? Um, mm. Didn't get any minor trials or anything like that. And the year before, I made the squad, and then I didn't. I was on the squad, and then I didn't make the match day panel. And I was, you know, and then. I suppose I went from that. Now we, we beat Wexford and I started the next day against uh, against Westmead. But went from there to that was sort of February time, and then by October when the National League started, I was I was playing for the seniors. So hmm. you know, a very short space of time, I was feeling sorry for myself for not making the twenties to start National League games. So it happened very quick. Yeah. Now we got to a county final in between. Um, which probably gave me a little bit of a platform that that Mikko and, and Paddy Byrne and John Joel saw, maybe saw something that there might be a bit of potential in this guy. And um, so, yeah, but again, like from, you know, 
I suppose everyone is different. Everyone's journey is different. <clears throat> like I grew up, everything in our house was, was football. You know, so mm. you went and we followed Kildare all over. You know, we Dermot Dyle was playing at the time. Um, with Kildare, Ken Dyle was playing and they'd be relations of mine. And so we went everywhere to look at Kildare. And I, you know, like I was a fanatical supporter. Yeah. <laughs> and then go in and, you know, the whole 98, 97 with me, 98. And like, you went to all those matches as a supporter. Mm. And, you know, you'd be delighted then you'd meet Dermot because obviously I would have known Dermot well from school. Mm. Park Brennan was involved and did, you might meet them after a game in, in the nightclub or something and you were chatting them and you sort of felt you had a little bit of an in with the team um, and then bang I would know where you were you were in the middle of it yeah. which was which was a little bit of an out of body experience really <laughs> um, but I, I always remember and I, I, I've said this before we were beaten in the county final in in, uh, in 99 on the, on the Sunday and then of course Sunday night a few drinks Monday few drinks it was only the second time the club had been in a county final mm. um, and then the, the Tuesday night you were invited into training and of course I in I went anyway not probably not feeling the, the, the best after yeah. that couple of days on the beer but um, in I went anyway and I'd said going back a week at this day so I was very much lapped so on I plotted anyway probably whatever 40 or 50 laps whatever was thrown into and then coming back in off the field make up said to me, uh, oh, you're very welcome. I wasn't expecting you in tonight, you know, but I always felt like, he didn't say that to me to start, tell me to go home, you know. <laughs> yeah. Watch this lad, you yeah. know, I was nearly sizing you up. And I always felt that stood to me. Um, mm-hmm. And like that, I suppose the training stood to me, you know, maybe a bit of a cross country as well, but like, I, when we'd be doing those laps, Rainbow would head to the front and you'd be trying to stay on his shoulder as much yeah. as you could. And, and I'm sure there's times you thought, who's this young lad now training? in here and make a name for himself but you'd be always trying to keep it if you could stay with Rainbow you weren't doing too bad you know yeah um, and I just plod along and, and like that that type of training was spread and bored to me you know I, yeah. like, I wouldn't have been the fastest but that long distance running would have stood me no, you know stood me in good stead so mm. yeah but the, to be in with Mikko like it was and, and the, the group of guys you know like this was the year after they'd been in another final you know so it was brilliant, and you just you just lived it. I just lived it. Um, I remember picking up a couple of injuries. Um, so obviously we had a few first few league games, and then we played in the Bourne Cup game, and I, I we played it Longford up in up in Pierce Park, and I did went over my ankle, couldn't get it right, and I was cycling like I was training twice a day. I took a week off, walk twice a day to try get this right, just to get back. And it kept breaking down, and, um, but I never like I go out and I say, I oh, know not too bad. Strap it up, and next thing, just. Kill him and it wasn't going hmm. well. And I remember Miko, Miko came out to me. He says, That fucking leg is not right. <laughs> I said, That's not too bad. Go, I tell you, go home now and don't come back in here to try tonight. Jeez, I was devastated. Like, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I came back. I didn't go home. I came the next day as well and <laughs> got over it. And, and uh, you know, I never looked back really. Yeah, that's uh, your impressions of Mikko are spot on. I can't can't argue with those anyway. So yeah, <laughs> um, I did. I David O'Shaughnessy on. He didn't do any impressions of Paddy, so uh, I'm kind of disappointed. Right. I should have got him to do a few. <laughs> do you remember playing? Uh, do you remember playing against Westmead in '99? I think in the other twenty ones. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, for a few reasons, we played. We played the first day in Newbridge. Yeah. And, um, then he came down here to Mullingar. Yeah, Leslie Hogan got sent off early in the game, and I started wing forward, and I went back a wing back, which I'd never, I would never played a wing back, um, even with the with the club. Hmm. Um, but it was the same day my 
my grandmother, my mother's mother, Granny Moore, was buried. Wow. And okay. My yeah, so she lived in Kilmeg, the village, which was just up the road from us, only about a mile from, right. from my home place. And she was a big part of our lives. Obviously, with you know anything that was going on, you were brought mm. down with your ma. But they they owned a post office and the groceries, and it's closed now. But at, at the time in in, in Kilmeg. Um, so we were anytime you go down to your granny's and she's a shop, yeah. you didn't do too badly out. Yeah. So we were very close. She came on holidays with us and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I remember thinking at the time, you know, we we met the Friday night and there was a, two of the selectors. One was from my club and the other was from Ballad Hague and they were saying, "How's your granny?" And she was, I said, "Look, I don't know. She's not good." And um, but then she passed away. And, and uh, I remember saying to my uncle, who who. Lived at home with my 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 granny. I said, "Look, I was. What do you think?" And she says, "Your granny be very proud of you. To go out and make your debut with Kildare." She, mm. she was a Roscommon woman, but loved the football. Yeah. Um. So I I went into and I played the game and, and we drew, and then obviously down to Westmead, I went to extra time. Yeah. Um. And I remember Colin Riley missed the free, just to win it for us. Paul Brennan had gone off injured, who would have been our free taker, and went to extra time, and then. I'd say not two seconds into extra time, we won a free from nearly the very same spot, the column in this one, and Ty Fennett put it down and set straight over the barrier. Like, oh, yes, it's one of these days. Um, but yeah, we, we, I, I don't know what we're beating. We're beating by a couple of points in the end, I think. Yeah. Went down and won it. Yeah. We were left thinking what might have been. Yeah, no, I just wondered, it's kind of, uh, I suppose we, we don't have a, a, a monstrous amount of cheer about down here in Mullingar and Westmead, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, the 99 was a big one oh, for big us, one, all right, yeah. Yeah, that was a big one, yeah. And that, yeah. Uh, that team probably would have been the springboard for all four yeah. as well. Yeah, it was, it's massive mountain. Uh, when you mentioned um, Mikko as well there a second ago, just, uh, I got a text actually off my my old secondary school vice principal now, she was my German teacher, she's Ash, Ashling Ryan, Martin and Mick's brother, or Mick's uh, sister. Oh, yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, she yeah. said that uh, Mikko didn't take too well to Michael and dropped him in 97. And she was wondering, had you any insights into that? Mike, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, I don't, I don't. I know the two no. boys well. I yeah. two, two really good footballers. Of course, their father was uh, one of Ireland's with, with uh, Offaly. That's right, yeah. Uh, Mick Bryan. Um, yeah, no, I've no I don't. It's hard to know why that would be, but yeah. Mikko... It was mind walk straight at the times. Just <laughs> anyone maybe the thought they were not saying not saying or the Ryan's thought they were you know, but if, if you thought you were in a comfort zone or anything like that, all of a sudden then he didn't mind, you know, pulling a rabbit from a hat or yes. throwing a lad in. <clears throat> you know, he was good at that. Um, you know, you might need me going well at train, but sometimes he used to have a say that you won't uh, you won't learn to swim standing on the canal bike. You know, he'd throw <laughs> you in there. And, <laughs> which is, you know, now it's all yeah. about how you're performing in training and you're not showing any form and yeah. just couldn't start. And not, you know, sometimes, you know, some of the best lads don't go well in training, but by God, when there's a match, you know, to, to get to another level. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why. why <laughs> okay, I'll, <laughs> was I'll it learn. Martin or Michael Ryan got dropped? Uh, Michael, I think she said Michael. Michael. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Michael. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll say that right. to her anyway. So, um, yeah, when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when Kieran McGinney came in, I know they're like chalk and cheese, I suppose, in some ways with Mikko. Did, I know you, you've talked about the time when there was an A and a B game in train and he put you on the B team and you had a go at him. Did, when you look back now, well, you, I, we, yeah, well, once I had a go at him, you didn't have a go at him, yeah. <laughs> but the only one, if there was a go that we had, there was only one one. <laughs> yeah, you're up against the NFL, I suppose. Yeah, question. Well, see, I suppose that when Kieran came in, I was 30. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit of experience and probably 
you know, thinking, am I getting towards the end here now? Um, we've gone through two really hard years, and um, but Kieran obviously coming in, you know, just wet the appetite for everybody. Yeah. The fact that he played the year before, and you no, know, he would have been seen as a massive part of that Armagh uh, setup. In many ways, the on-field manager, really. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he came in and, and um, you learned very quick that he was very serious about this. And, you know, some of the stuff, some of the training was different from Nick, but it was, it was tough as well. And it, it did, you know, he'd, he'd find the bottom of you very quick if you weren't. You know, I remember one day um, we were doing, we were in the Cora gym, in the, in the army gym, we were after being doing, um, we have to be doing circuits or something. This is very early on, and he lined us all up against the wall, and, and you know you had to go down on the hunkers, and yeah. you know the way your your quads be killing you. <laughs> and uh, he was going up and down. Who's going to be the first to fall? Who's going to be the first to fall? And uh, he said, obviously, one. I don't know who went first. But soon as one went, next was like dominoes. Yeah. You know? But it was he sort of got onto us then and said, "You were just fucking happy enough for." The first lad to go, so you wouldn't be first. How many were thinking about? Oh, I want to be the last lad to go. You know, I was just trying yeah. to get in the mindset of it all. Um, you know, so that's where that's where he was, and he he pushed us, he pushed us hard, and you know he. Uh, but at that that time, you're talking we were playing Donegal, and, and I remember we were training uh, down in Saint Lawrence, really wet, wet horse evening. I said, "This is not, you know, you getting it. This is not looking well." <laughs> so I said, <laughs> "Approached him, but um, he gave me answer fairly quick. He said, "You know." You're you're sitting in in in, in the, the comfort zone here, Johnny. If you want to if you want to progress here, you got to get out of that comfort zone. Yeah, and you got to push hard, and it was probably 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 what I needed at the time. Yeah, you know? when um, you look back on it, do you think was he was he nuts or? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, he was very. I wouldn't say he was nuts. He was very driven, very yeah. very driven, and you know, and would expect you know he always would have been maybe hard on the older lads as well mm. sometimes didn't sit well but he would push us he'd always say you know you have leaders and followers and if I can you know if the leaders are not setting the standards the followers won't follow you know yeah, and he would have obviously identified a few of us as leaders and, and uh, he'd be really hard on us and so sometimes you didn't like it but if you had a problem you could say it to him mm. and it wasn't held against you that's the one thing I always like to book here and you could have really hard to hard conversations with him and hard conversations but if you were willing to give it hard don't be you know don't be surprised when it comes yeah. back hard at you okay um, yeah. you know so but th- you appreciate that and you knew you mm. got honesty and it was like he didn't he just didn't do bullshit that was mm. that was the big thing he just didn't do it sometimes i think he probably should have did it um you know but he, it just wasn't him and he didn't try to be something he wasn't you know yeah uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit just uh, kind of thinking of it. I asked, I asked uh, Chrissy McCaig this as well when he was on. Was there, because he was on an international rules panel as well. Did you find much much crack in the international rules? I know you came in for, for Aidan O'Shea when he was injured. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did. And so, no, obviously, we didn't. Um, there was no, I didn't go on an away trip, yeah. which probably be, might be different because you were, mm. you were really in each other's pockets for, yeah. for long periods of that. Uh, for me, look at I was I was thirty six when when I I played the, the one game I played. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed being involved. I enjoyed meeting other lads. You know, different different lads I would have got to know. Um, and and chatted, which I wouldn't have got the opportunity. Would I say I was brilliant crack at the time? Probably not. Um, 
but again, you were just warned. You were went, you know, the training was we trained up in uh, in Carton House, uh, sometimes in Ashburn, and you went, you trained, and you know, you came home. Obviously, I couldn't come home because it was only half an hour up the road, and yeah. um, you know, so you didn't probably meet and socialize as much with them. But certainly, it was a great experience, absolutely great experience to, to be involved. I know, um, Chrissy was involved. I'm not sure. Was he? Did he go out foreign or not? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember at, at the time. I've mixed up my clubs or my my dates. I can't remember if he. I think he might yeah. have been out foreign. Actually, I think he was in Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I think anyone that goes to gets involved, you know, it's it's an opportunity to pip yourself against professional players yeah. and see where you act. Now, I probably at 36, I knew well where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't and I, you know, it's funny when I got the call. Uh, I would have known Paul Early very well. He managed us when we got to that mm. county final in '99. He was managing us, so I wouldn't. And I, like I said, I said to Paul, I'm not sure whether I'm going to go for this. He said, sure, look, give it a shot. And I, I it was when I look back, it was probably a terrible thing to say to him. So I should have been honoured. But I just felt at 36, and I'd been up there before, and just didn't make it. Yeah, you know, it just wasn't up to the standard. And um, maybe the game didn't suit me or whatever. But. Um, then I, I remember coming in and I said to Siobhan, and she said, why don't you go? She's not to lose, go up and have a look. She'll meet a few and you know, see what's going on. So I did, and you know, I was glad of the opportunity. And it's great to say you did you did put on the green jersey, and, and uh, even if it was, only, it was only the one occasion, you know. Yeah, that's brilliant, yes. Uh, the last few questions I have, there's kind of a, they could be short or long answers, depending on how you want to answer them, I suppose. Uh, the toughest, toughest player you've come up against that you can think of since you've had such an illustrious <laughs> career. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's so many. There was so many yeah. tough players. Like there was mm. so many. I I always felt, you know, the, the players that I had to worry about driving forward were the ones that really, <laughs> you know, you have to be careful because you, you end up marking them. Yeah. Um. You know, and and then like some of the lads I would have marked there, like Finbar Cullen from Offaly, I would have played on a couple of times. He's a really tough player. Um. You know, would have played on Sean Marty Lockhart was a tough player. Like. Glenn Ryan was as tough as player as you'll ever mark. But, yeah. you know, I led on him in, in against the club and A, a and B games or, you know, backs and forwards. And yeah. was, geez, he was a tough man. He got through you. Um, but uh, Tomas O'Shea was probably up there as well. Tomas, because he'd be driving forward and you went yeah. chasing back him. And, <laughs> you know, so they were, that was, they were tough. So it's very hard to, um, it's very hard to put it down to any one. Yeah. You know, Anthony Lynch or Cork and you a few really tough tough days out. Um, you have you know, an extensive again, list to choose from in fairness. You, so. <laughs> you really do. You yeah. Know, you really do. So, so many tough players and you'd know nearly someone to come out that might drive the shoulder into you yeah. or you'd know maybe walk on your toe or <laughs> yeah. you know, the mental lads would be growling at you telling you what they're going to do. Jesus, do I need this shit today? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, the, the Mickey Burke and Sean Tobin were on, and Mickey and, the, and Sean, they both agreed that Hank Trainer was the worst because they said even at 30 odd, he'd still turn up on a Tuesday night and freeze in January, no gloves, and he'd still treat you as if he was playing all Ireland. Finally, he'd be like, you know, you're soft, you're yeah. soft, that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I played on <laughs> Hank Trainer too. He, he was a tough boy. He was a tough boy. But, uh, you know, you get like, there was so many and different, you know, de- like depending on how you were going. I remember going up to, we went up to play um, on Conor Gormley, we were up to play in a league game and they kicked the shy house and they, oh, and 
every time they did something good, call me, let me know about it. <laughs> like, I was their brother, you know, I could see myself in the window, so you could even remind me every time. Um, but then, as soon as the batch was over, shake your hand and say, yes, yeah. trip home and how are you getting on? And, you know, I said, yeah. Jesus, you have to dog at me for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> No, but that's listen. That's part and parcel. Yeah, beauty of the GA, I suppose. Yeah, have you any? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Would you hope that uh, someday in the future you'd see a Kildare women's team with uh, with three of the the Doyle girls' <laughs> names on it? God, I don't know. I don't know. Um, they're all playing a little bit now, give or take. The twins are the twin. The uh, twin girls are mm. the name, and they 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 really sort of enjoy it, Sarah. She, her cousins in the same age group, and I think they go over the chat. And they, if if it was a cartwheel competition, <laughs> she'd be uh, she'd be an all Ireland champion. Yeah. she's in the middle of the game, and she'd be doing a cartwheel like that. Yeah. Uh, but look, at the, I I bring them down for the social side of it as much, and they do mm. enjoy it. And um, God, sure, look at whatever whatever they go do, you'd like to see them doing their best at it. Mm. You know. It's, I'm trying to keep them away from feshes and stuff like that because it means I'd be spending the Sunday sitting in a, in a hall of Irish dancing, which I, if they're going to the GA match, I can go along and bring them yeah. happy enough. No, that sounds good. But yeah. look, whatever, whatever they do, they're, they're, uh, they like a, bit of, like a bit of singing and stuff like that. So, listen, who knows what's, what's ahead for them. But once they go and they, they, they give it their best, and, and they, I, I always like them, to, like them to be involved in a team sport, hmm. whatever level that is, just, you know, when you're going out and you meet different people from over the, you know, all mm. over the country that you might have played against. Or, um, and I remember one night we were we were out, uh, we were young and we were out in in uh, the famous nightclub on the edge of the Coronajinskis, <laughs> and there was a small bit of a butter starting. And I remember two lads from Moorfield, you know, would have been a couple of years ahead of me in school. Yeah, now right here, Johnny, and I thought, just let's stay, stay where you are there for a minute. You know, they sort of looked <laughs> yeah. after you because I would have known them through football yeah. and stuff like that. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I always felt that that was good. You know, it was good to have. You know, they did lads had go through you on the field, but they always, you know, had that respect off the field. That, yeah. Um, and, you know, so I think it. I think it's good for for anybody to be involved in a in a team sport. Yeah, that's no, brilliant. Yeah, the. Uh... Just while you mentioned, I know it's very start. You mentioned Bally Teague as well. Davy Burke was on um, a few weeks back and said, uh, "I was we were chatting about Jimmy Hyland potentially. You know, he's, he was saying it could be one the the ones to look out for. Who going around to club matches and stuff? I know we haven't in a long time, but who are we to to look out for on the Kildare scene? Do you think coming forward? Ah, oh, we see there's so there's so much talent in Kildare. Like hmm. it's it's a uh, you know you you could re- I could list a hundred different lads here and. You leave you leave lads out that yeah. could come, but the potential is huge here, absolutely mm. huge. Some brilliant footballers, um, you know, like you mentioned, Jimmy. I know Jimmy very well. He's only he's only down the road there. He'd be, mm. he'd be very close to me here. Just great young lad. Um, we have a couple in our own club. Darren Malone is, you know, he's he broke onto the senior squad there now. Mm. He, he played a couple of games, and you know, he's just finding his feet, but a really good player. Um, and there's another guy, um, um. Owen Bagnell, he was with the he was with the miners that won the Leinster not last year, the year before. Mm. Um, really talented player, great, great free taker, um, and just has this, you know, he's one of these players that when he gets the ball, he makes something happen every time. And he looks he never looks like he's he's sprinting, he just yeah. glides and just <laughs> just once he's the ball in his hand, he's just gone for goals. He's yeah. he's an exciting prospect in our okay. in our club. Um and has the potential to, to be to be very good. There's young Aaron Brown over in Selbridge is, is really strong. Um, you know, there's some really good good mm. talent here. But again, it's it's you know, 
for for whether it be clubs or getting involved in counties, they have to push them to be the best the best versions of yeah. themselves and get the best out of them. And, and uh, you know, sometimes and like when you look at everything is very scientific at the moment, and, and rightly yeah. so, you have to you have to look after your body and you know fatigue and all that. But I, I always be reading different stuff about the sports science and then I just throw it back imagine saying that to me good way or like holy yeah. divine can send you home like, you know <laughs> run to like hey you to stop yeah and if you're hurting just keep running you know yeah yeah I remember I remember one time Terry Rossler Terry was a um, really a uh, class player and um, came on today he was he was on that panel he makes the team um for the in 2000 but Terry would have been only 18 at that stage you know and um Oh, fantastic footballer, brilliant to go off left and right. Um, but he came in, he was after breaking his thumb in the match and he came in to train. And uh, I think that could have been at the weekend with school. I don't know, he broke it anyway. And he came in, he was, he was only after getting into a plaster of Paris and he had it in a right. sling. And he came in to train. And he, of course, went over to Miko, expecting Miko to say, Oh, Jesus, Terry, what? You know, what's happening? <laughs> there he's nothing. And Terry said, They go, You know, obviously, I won't be training tonight. You have to get me. That won't fucking stop you running. <laughs> get the shit out. <laughs> Like dead serious, like you know. So yeah. no, for now, Jesus, like if you said that to an eighteen year old now, yeah, you'd have the parents on straight yeah. away. You'd have to, you know, we just, but like, you know. So it's mad the two extremes, and I think there's something. Obviously, you know, you can't be too extreme, but like they're somewhere in the middle for me anyway. Yeah, yeah. Science might not tell me that. But no, I, you know, I definitely agree. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I've been a, a primary school teacher as well in training, you know, the kids, you know, it's, I remember same thing, kind of the teacher would, you know, you'd be thrown out of the pitch and, you, you know, you'd, you'd fall over, you'd be told to get up, whereas now it's fall over yes. and I have to call the ambulance nearly, you know, because yeah, they're yeah, used yeah. to seeing the lads on the soccer fall over or not getting up and that's yeah. what you're up against. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's and, a... And you see, yeah. <laughs> everyone is different, you know, depending on your home. And some lads, you couldn't, you couldn't drag them off the feet. Just yeah. pride themselves yeah. and be playing, you know, when they're when they're injured and stuff. I mean, mm. just, you know, it's nearly a bit of mind over matter. So look, it's it's, it's like everything in life. Eh? There's always a balance. You know? always yeah, a balance. yeah. I've uh, <clears throat> I have one last question. Then there's a little quick fire round to do with all the guests. If you're happy to have a go at it before uh, I let you go. I want to go oh, up all your evening. So the last. Uh, no, all right. Actually, there's one question. That one other thing I just have to throw at you that a friend of mine threw at me. So the last question is the vital one that I ask everyone. There's like a, there's a table for this. Have you ever won anything in the Alamo Club Lotto? No, I haven't. Okay, unfortunately, that puts, that puts I the, think it's every week, but I haven't. <laughs> that puts you in the massive category because yeah, there's a very small elite group of uh, Zach Moradi and a few of the girls in Cav, and I think have actually won a few bits and pieces. So yeah, you're in the you're in the majority. No, so, never. Yeah. I, I think I think I might have sold one or two. I wasn't a big winner, but a couple of winners. But no, I never, never, uh, okay, never won. I, I remember when I was younger, you know. You think back, we used to have Christmas bazaars back in. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm an 80s child, right? So yeah, yeah. Christmas bazaars. But I remember getting the, the 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 strip of tickets for whatever 50 pence at the time. Yeah. I was very young, but it, up on the stage in the old hall in Allen, all the prizes and it was everything from the ties to to teddy bears. There was oh food hampers, everything. With but the the, the top prize was a. Uh, a turkey and ham for the Christmas dinner. So we were coming for the spot because I had my eye in this truck right up at the top of this lovely truck in a box of open truck. And first one pulled out whatever 
Salmon Culler taking uh, first prize out. And I, was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. I had it. I was delighted. I was looking. So I went up and I said, yeah, I'll have the truck. He said, no, no, you want the turkey and ham. I said, no, I don't want the turkey and <laughs> I want the truck. And uh, of course, won the turkey and ham. And the mother was delighted. There's Christmas dinner. Shop. I was raging. <laughs> Balling your eyes out you wanted the truck. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> was, yeah. That is brilliant. I was, okay. about, I was about seven or eight. So that's the extent of my win. That's great. <laughs> that's my, that's my new favourite story. I love that one. That's my new favourite <laughs> story. I've got to use that with I everybody. Yeah, I can that, still see the trouble. That, <laughs> that is brilliant. There's one, uh, yeah, there's one quick last I'm going to throw at you just uh, before the quick fire round. Uh, a friend of mine is uh, a good mate of mine, is a massive GA man. He's a Galway man now, but it's not nothing to do with 98. Don't worry. He he teaches in the Gale School in the Thai, and he said that his uh, his favorite memory of you, even though he's seen you loads of times, is that you were delivering uh, equipment to the school one time and you came in and did a QA with the junior infants, and he said that. There was laughing at this question, but you never answered the junior friend's question of the junior friend asked you, Johnny, Johnny, did you ever get hit in the head with a football? So, Johnny, I'm asking you now that that junior infant is still waiting for his answer. <laughs> well, uh, I, I actually got hit in the head with loads of stuff. Um, so people often ask me, you know, about this white patch on me. And I've, that, this just arrived one more the white patch. And I never said it to Danny Mulvin at the time. So Danny, what's the story there? You know, how is it? Imagine if you're going to go grey, you're going to go grey yeah. all over. And uh, he says, uh, did you ever get hit on the head? <laughs> or, and I said, you know what? I got stitched here. I said, we were thrown in turf at home years ago. And a neighbour up the road was thrown in with us. And he, he, we were sort of slagging. And he, uh, it was bit, we were throwing mull or whatever. And he picked yeah. up a side. He was young lad and threw it. Not me, he struck me straight up in the head. So he reckons that it damaged nerves and <laughs> the hair that's, didn't okay. The hair is all dead. So I don't know whether that did. So I got hit with turf as well as footballs for our, <laughs> for okay. our junior infant in, uh, in the dying. So. Brilliant, I'll, I'll pass it on. That's brilliant, yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the quick fire round then is just, it's you can, one more answers if you want or you can throw it, it's up to you. So, um, and yeah, some of the girls uh, and some of the lads that had on were like, uh, these aren't quick fires, taking me hours to answer these, but hopefully yeah, they won't yeah. be too bad. So uh, the first one then um, is your favourite ground you've ever played on? At Crow Park. Crow Park. Yeah, your least favourite ground. Um, my least favourite ground. Gee. A lot. Of, a lot of people had the back pitch mm-hmm. or their rival yeah. club or you know yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> do you know what the back pitch and <laughs> I might like me saying this. Well, it's it's changed now. The back pitch and playing. Okay. Um, I remember coming on to play a junior match in for Allen Wood, um, and we. I came on, we were playing against the wind up the hill and I didn't corner forward. I never even got it. Oh, never come up near me. I never got good. <laughs> so that, that left a bad memory. Uh, bad taste in my mouth. So okay. I that, the vote for that one. Yeah, do you take that one? Uh, would you be hand pass or drive it long? Um, Jen, that's a good question. Ah, they, they'll slag me now. The Allenwood lads are slagging me. You know, they reckon I never heard of one too. Just saw them. <laughs> I, I always say I just cut out the middleman. So if I say okay. drive it in, they'll be saying, oh, Jesus, why? when did this happen? You know, <laughs> so uh, we go hand pass for that one. Okay, good stuff. Um, nowadays, if you're watching the game, do you prefer seeing the short kick out or the long kick out? Um, <clears throat> probably the long kick out. You know, you, you'd, you like to see traditionalist. You know, from a, a spec, yeah, the contest yeah. And, and the high yeah. feeling, of course. You know, it's a, it's a great skill. And, 
Um, that's as a supporter, obviously, when you're there, you want to go on. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the long kick out, you'd like to see. Okay. It, it brings out the best in the fielders, you know. Good stuff. Uh, as a supporter, uh, eventually someday you'll be a supporter. Uh, do you prefer the, the tea and ham sandwiches from the boot of the car or the pre-match pub? Oh, uh, sure. I was rare out of the boot of the car, so <laughs> we'd have to stick with that. You know, um, going to matches, you'd have the flask of tea and the sandwiches. Yeah. And you'd be, you'd be we, I don't know how we managed. We used to go all the time with dad um, and there was a couple of lads with one bachelor farmer, John McNally, who he did all the driving because he was a teetotaler. Right. But no matter what pitch we were, we were last out. We had to be last for some reason. We talked to everybody and then we'd get home. You know, we could be in <laughs> Tyrone or up in... I remember going to ball on the screen one day. Yeah, it was bulling frost. <laughs> we, we had everyone. You know, Jesus, yeah. lads, we ever get home. You, know, you would have so, you, turkey and how to cook, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the old sandwiches did more light on the old, the old uh, turkey and ham. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um go. You have a choice of one for uh, the famous G one hats, flags, scars, or headbands. You can pick one. Hats, flags, scars. Ah, flags. I was always had the old flag as a young lad. Lovely. Uh, yeah. Any pre-match rituals that you do? Uh, I always, for some reason, and I'm not superstitious uh, in any way, but I always wore Alan Wood socks on the Michael Dare socks. Always. Brilliant. Start okay. to the very end. Why? I don't know. But Didn't know that. That's a cracking one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're you're can't sit on the fence in this one. So are you a Marty party or a Desman? Um oh Jenny. Uh, ah, I like both. I suppose I'd be I'd be uh, Marty Party. So if I had to pick one, bit of crack and, and uh, he gets the best out of out of the audience every yep. time, doesn't he? Good stuff. Uh your favourite pundit in any sport, male or female? Um well I'm not I'm not a big I watch other sports, but I wouldn't you know, I don't sit up and watch Carragher and, and Neville or these but okay. I like I like <clears throat> listening to Ron Nagara. I think he's really good. Yeah. Uh, I like listening to Keane. No, I'm popular, right? Keane. <laughs> I like his just rawness and straight yeah. out. And I like Tomas on the Tomas and football. Anthony Daly and the hurling is really good. Yeah. Um, just that honesty straight out. This is what I really think because I haven't yeah. thought about it too long. Just yeah. Out there. Good. I like that. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, this one is the one that tends to take people the longest. Uh, what's the funniest, strangest, or weirdest thing that's ever been shouted at you from a sideline? Oh, Jenny. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one now. Um, there's a lot of things, some of them I couldn't repeat. Um, <laughs> I've had that as well. <laughs> yeah. There was. Uh, <laughs> um, so there was a guy, there was a guy, now he's known to throughout this to several players, but I was uh, playing only coming on to the Allenwood team and there was a, a guy, he was a local journalist as well, uh, John Roddy was his name and he wrote for the Nationalist. John was a great man for, for uh, sayings, you know, he was, he was his own dry wit. Um, mm. And, you know, he, he uh, let a roar out from the, he was down the line anyway and I wasn't having a good game by, by a long shot and uh, he let her roll up the line knowing that I'd hear take, take him off before he gets any worse <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one I like that one yeah I have to use yeah, that one yeah on. Come on, and he, he, also, worse. he also he'd show how he'd show how uh, you know uh, he was manager of the juniors and he showed out to one of the juniors that's one night uh, Johnny warm up you're coming off <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that one. They're brilliant. They're a quality. Yeah, yeah def- definitely got to use those ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, what's next? If there was a GA transfer market tomorrow, who'd be the one person you'd buy in for the Kildare team? Uh, actually, look, I'd say it'd have to be Brian Fenton. I think. Yeah. Um, I think he's a Rolls Royce of a player. Hmm. Um, at his, at his, he's at his peak of his powers now. You know. Yeah. Look at Andy County. Be delighted to have him. Yeah. You know. He's he's a box to box player. He's in the engine room. You feel that, you know, regardless of how the game is going, he dictated loads of good forwards you'd love to have, but you'd be depending on how the game was going. Yeah. Where you imagine just so he'd be probably he'd be probably the one you'd, you'd okay. hope to bring in. Brilliant, yeah. Uh, studs or moles? Uh, moles, yeah, moles. moles. Most of the time, anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, sweeper or no sweeper? Uh, probably no sweeper, but you know you have to play. You have to play what's your, what's your dealing with. But yeah, I look at. I probably a little bit of a traditionalist. Um, you enjoyed from a spectator's point of view. You enjoy two teams going out yeah. and let the best team win. You know, but you know you're not silly enough to know that you're you're not going to have a defensive yeah. plan later. You know, but. Yeah. There's a lot to be the, the raw romantic in you would love to say throw in the ball and see who finishes the most yeah, yeah. No. yeah. But the days are gone unfortunately. Yeah. And uh the very last one then, and you can take a second. You can say yourself for this now if you want either. Uh, in your lifetime, who has been the greatest GA player? Oh, Jenny. That's a tough, that's a really tough question. Um like a really tough question. There's so like there's so many great players. Yeah. So I I loved I loved watching Mike Sheehy. Uh, oh, yeah. just class. Larry Tompkins was a big hit for loads right. of different reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the players back then, I suppose you they make big impressions of you. To me, the greatest Kildare player I've ever seen, and there's people would argue with this, uh, and I was lucky to play with him, was Glenn Ryan. Um, for just talk about a leader, my yeah. God, he had just <clears throat> everything. Um, so it, it's very hard to say mm. to say who's the greatest, everyone. But I suppose the most influential um, for me as a, you know, being in this dressing room with him, um, watching him as a supporter was was Glenn. There's no doubt about that. Okay. He was just the heart of a line, you know. Brilliant, yeah. People would say, I wouldn't make my 60. You know, you look at there's so many kind of oh, I know, yeah. the Gooch was brilliant. You know, there's so many, yeah, just it's it's you know, and like if the if they voted and everyone in the country got a vote and whoever came out on top, loads of people would argue. Yeah. There's so many, but to me, in my from <clears throat> in Kildare and what I've I'd say Glenn was the greatest I've ever had the pleasure of, of, of playing with, yeah, brilliant. Actually, yeah, there was a there was one. I don't know who said it. Uh, Willie Willie McCreary actually came up as one for someone. Willie owns horses now yeah. with, with my brother-in-law as well. To, my brother-in-law is right. Sh- Shaggy Levy down in Port Arlington. You might you might have come across him before. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, he came up as yeah. he came up as well. Yeah, as um as one. It was a a surprise one. I can't remember who said it now, but you played yeah. with him as well. I like, yeah, Willie Willie was Willie like. Willie didn't make. I think Willie was about twenty eight before he played with Canary. Was, hmm. was all over the world with horses and stuff. But a huge engine and a strong. Like Willie was so strong, and hmm. he was a great character. Like he was the only one that I would say that could 
take the mick out of mick out. You know, like, uh, and he was such a character. He'd be commentating in matches, like, you know, he'd go up for a ball. Like, this could be a league game in Newbridge. He'd go up for a ball and he'd, he'd win it and he'd come down. He's a great catch by William McCreary, you know. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> like, and he, he, I remember he saying, he saying to Kieran Wheel, he was after taking the ball off and passing off. And he says, look, oh, McCreary. He says, look at the line. They're warming up. I was down home. You're gone, Wheeling. You're gone. Look at them. They're warm. <laughs> in the Leinster final, like, he was, he was oh, great, brilliant. great crack. Great. Yeah. That's quality. That's quality. John, uh, look, yeah. I have to say thanks so much for giving up your time to come on. It's been, uh, as uh, they always say, you should never meet your heroes, but it's great for me to meet uh, one of my EGA ones who I went to Crow Park many, many times to see. So, uh, look, thanks so much for coming on and uh, I'll probably be releasing this in a few weeks. It's it's a special episode for the first series, so yeah. I couldn't put it out on its own. It has to go, it has to get a special place, you know, yourself. So, um, oh, very good. yeah, but uh, I hope all's well down Allenwood. And uh, <laughs> when all this is over, I'll I'll probably be driving around your neck of the woods down to your mate's house soon enough, hopefully. So, well, look, hopefully, we'll be back playing. I'm <clears throat> determined that this uh, this call is not going to the me. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> I know I definitely. Yeah. Get back then. Listen, thanks for inviting me on. Jason, no, no, enjoy the chat. You're grand. Thanks a million, John. Yeah, really appreciate it. No I'll talk to you again soon. Take it easy. Okay. Thanks, John. Take it easy. Good luck. Bye bye. Coming up next week on the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, we cut into our next slice. You know, I, I started for the games, the Scottish game stream's got to start. Yeah. Because um, we, we put out our B-side against Scotland. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, look, no, Jesus, obviously, if I could have given the pass and stayed on the field, I would love to, but I was as happy as any, any Irishman that, you know, nice one knocked it over the bar. So, yeah, no, good just great to be part of that team and look yeah. you know even I suppose at the time you don't realise the the weight and the, the expectation that was on in the whole country because it had been whatever 60 years yeah. I sort of started to take um, Grand Slams a bit for granted in the in the, in the in the meantime you know mm-hmm. obviously Joe winning a couple too like so um, yeah but look she's unbelievable to be involved in that On Slice 19 it is my incredible honour to chat with the amazing man who is part of Irish rugby folklore has won the scrum half since the 2009 Grand Slam, as well as being the last man to lift the All-Ireland Minor Hurling title for Cork as captain. It is the absolute hero himself, Mr Tomás O'Leary. We chat everything from his father Shawnee and his influence in the GAA, life playing with Aaron Zone down in Cork, being a Cork All-Ireland winning captain, working with Declan Kidney, John Considine, Axel and more, Heineken Cup days, facing Dan Carter on his debut against New Zealand, the Grand Slam, his amazing watch company with his wife, Told & Co, Life Without Anthony Foley, the Paul O'Connell Impact and the ultimate, Stringer vs Murray. All that and much much more with one of the soundest guys that I've ever had the pleasure of chatting with. So until then, we'll leave you with this great GA quote. Hand passes on, Donald Donovan is the left corner back, he hits it, he hits it, wow. it's over the bar! Oh, holy Moses! <laughs>